place. Have your way. Touch every speaker in the name of Jesus, Lord. And Lord, I pray, God, that they would not just receive in this conference, that, but we would become givers, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that we would learn how to sow back into what you are giving to us, Father, that we would not just come to receive, but we would be givers, Lord. For you said it is more blessed to give than to receive. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, come on. If you love the Lord, let me hear you. Give him a scream in this place. Hallelujah. Lift your voice. If you love the Lord, come on, give him a, a hallelujah in this place. Hallelujah. God, we bless you and we magnify you. The word of the Lord says in the book of Ephesians, the third chapter in the 20th verse, it says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly according to the power that works in us. I'm going to read it one more time. It says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly according to the power that works in us. Do I have any people in the house tonight who says the power the power is working in me. Hallelujah. Come on, look at somebody and say, he's able, he's able, he's able. Come on, if you got the victory, come on, somebody just shout, I got the victory. Come on, I need them to hear you in the Arizona area. Come on, let them know that hashtag 153 is here. Come on, somebody just shout, I got the victory. Why? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on, look at somebody else that you don't know and just tell them I got the victory. Come on, give God a hand praise. Hallelujah. Give God a hand praise. Victory. Come on, come on. We got two minutes before our first class. Amen. Two minutes before our first class. But the song said, victory is mine. Victory is mine. Come on, Kato said, victory today is mine. Come on, I told Satan, I told Satan, get thee behind, get thee. Come on, victory today. Come on, church, say it again. Victory, victory is mine. Victory, victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Come on, I told Satan, get thee behind. Come on, victory. Now, come on, everybody, come on, clap those hands. Come on, everybody, clap those hands. Come on. Come on, I don't see some of y'all clapping. Come on, clap. Come on, let's take from the top. Come on, joy is mine. Joy is mine. Joy is mine. Come on, joy today. Today. I told Satan, get thee behind. Joy today. Come on, say it again. Joy is mine. Joy is mine. Joy today. Come on, church. I told Satan. Joy today. Come on, let's say this. Peace is mine. Peace is mine. Peace is mine. Peace today. 
I told Satan, get thee behind. I told Satan, get thee behind. Come on. I told Satan, get thee behind. Come on. Say it again. I told Satan, get thee behind. Come on. Peace today. Peace today. Come on. If you got peace, come on. Clap those hands. Come on, come on, if you got peace, if you got joy, if you got the victory, come on, if you happy on today, clap those hands and give God a praise. Come on, he didn't have to do it, but he did. So I got a reason to give God some praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I got a reason to shout. I got a reason to shout hallelujah. I got a reason to wave my hands. Because you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. It sounds like y'all want to have a little church. Come on. Come on, tell somebody just another day that the Lord has kept me. Just another day that the Lord has kept me. That could have been you in that accident. That could be you in the hospital, but just another day that the Lord has kept me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all have your seat. Come on, because we have our first teacher. They waiting, they waiting to teach. Come on. God is good, not sometimes, but he's good all the time. We thank God for everyone that is here. Amen. Our first conference, our leadership conference, casting the net. And how many of y'all are ready to cast the net? Come on, how many of y'all are ready to cast that net? Amen. I know we're going to hear from him later on, but can we do a faith? Can you do me a favor? Let's give our bishop a hand. Come on, Bishop Sweet. Amen. Come on, come on, come on. The vision. Come on, God has given him this vision. Come on. Come on. Y'all can do better than that. Come on. He has a heart for the people. And this conference, we're going to be learning how to fish, how to get people in to grow our ministries. Amen. Amen. We serve an awesome God. Amen. Did y'all enjoy y'all's dinner? Come on. Amen. Amen. We're going to go ahead and go because we have a few classes on today. Amen. Now listen, these classes, we want you to take all this information back to your church and run with it. Amen. Amen. This is not information for you just to keep in your car. Amen. The paper that you see in your, in your folders, that's not paper for you to keep score for spades or dominoes. I, I know Pastor Davis played down. <laughs> that's the domino king. Amen. But come on, this is paper for you to take notes. Amen. And take it back to your ministry and run with it. The Bible says, write the vision and make it plain. Come on, amen. Amen. So at this time, our first teacher on today, amen, he's not able to be in the building with us, but I believe we have him on Zoom. Is that correct? Amen. That's Pastor BJ. Amen. Amen. His lovely wife is here. Amen. Come on. Pastor Dolores, amen. God bless you, amen. But we do have Dr. BJ. 
Amen. He is online, so we want y'all to take all the notes. Amen. He's going to be teaching on apologetics. Amen. Amen. So at this time, are we ready for Dr. BJ? Brother Ishmael, be ready for Dr. BJ. I think they're getting it together. That's all right. I like to say, I'm so happy to be here all, all the way from California. Amen. If you don't, I'm Pastor Austin. I brought a group with us that's here. Amen. We're just excited. Amen. Amen. I think we're ready. I see him. How you doing, Dr. BJ? Can you hear me? Dr. BJ, if you can hear me, just wave your hands in the air and just wave it like you just yeah, don't care. Yeah. All right, we getting it together. Amen. I'm sorry. While we getting that together, I see I see First Lady Austin is on. Amen. All right, Lady Austin. Amen. Y'all, please keep my wife um, in prayer. She could not make it. Amen. The devil is a lie. Amen. Took some tests and found out that she has pneumonia, but it, has, it doesn't have to do with COVID. But I thank God that we, not have, we don't have to rush her to the hospital. So for her to be Call safe, me. she's at home and she's watching. Dr. BJ. Oh. I think we good. Dr. BJ is in your hand. Come on, let's give Dr. BJ a hand, y'all. Come on. Good evening. Praise God. How many is available tonight? So nobody's available? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm available. <clears throat> what I mean by that is uh, how many is out there that can teach my lesson for me because I'm busy? Okay, you'll get okay. that later. Just give me a nose. Yeah, okay. I'm going to fax them right over to you. Um, actually, I need to find out if y'all can hear me because I need to hear you. So I need to hear somebody in the background from the church. Can nobody in the church hear me or can I just not hear anybody in the church? Okay. Okay, but I need to hear them because I'm going to ask them some questions. Praise the Lord. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Did y'all already have the opening prayer? Okay. Now, can can I hear them very good? It's uh, I need to know if I can hear them because I need them to respond to what I'm going to ask. Where are we at with that? Okay. All right. Well, uh, my uh, topic tonight is apologetics. So I'll be teaching from that. And as soon as y'all can hear me and I can hear you, I can ask some questions. Meanwhile, I'll just start talking. Okay. I'm going to read tonight from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, my opening scripture here. 
is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 12. And the opening statement is in verse number 12, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now we know in part, or I know in part, but then I shall know even as I am known. Now, I read that because I want to deal with that phrase, glass darkly, okay? Now we see through a glass darkly. The uh, phrase glass darkly deals with, well, the, the word glass means a looking mirror or a looking glass, okay? But the word darkly means obscurely, but if you go back into the Greek, it's the Greek word enigma, which means mystery something that you cannot understand without getting into some uh, investigation. That's probably the best way we can put it. So the problem with Christianity that I have come across is that we have a lot of enigmas in the church. What, means, what I mean by that is we have a lot of obscurity in the teachings that we have passed down from generation to generation. Um, and I'm going to give you a test to see if I'm right. Okay. So I'm going to give the test. This is a little pop quiz, but before you take this pop quiz, I need everybody to put their cell phones down. No computers, no Bibles, no cheating. Okay. That way uh, we need, we need to know that you are coming from what's already inside of you. Are y'all ready for the test? Yes. Excellent. Okay, question number one. <clears throat> um, who was the first person to sin? And I didn't hear that. Adam. Okay. What about uh, anybody in the church? <laughs> okay. The church says Adam. Okay. I'm going to say Eve. Nope, it wasn't Eve either. <laughs> you heard me. Oops. <laughs> uh, I heard you. <laughs> I'm going to mute that. Okay, don't mute was yourself Satan. too much. It was the devil. What was that? It was the devil. Okay, well... I said the first person to sin. So I'm going to give you all the answers, but I'm not going to give you the um, the study material because you got to actually look it up. You got to find it, okay? But not we're not going to look for it tonight. I'm just going to ask the questions tonight. But if you have the answers, you must be prepared to hear. Eh, wrong answer. Anybody prepared to hear that? Hello? Can y'all handle that? I get nothing from anybody? Okay, I'm going to tell I'm you ready. the first word. Oh, there was. What, what, what happened? Who's talking? Pastor Fletcher, I'm ready. All right, you ready to hear that? Okay, and wrong answer. Y'all ready? The new answer is Cain. Okay? And it's not something readily visible. You got to study for it. 
All right, let me ask you this. How many times did Adam die? Anybody? Twice. Good. Thank you. He died once spiritually, and then he died physically. Let me ask you another question. How long did Adam live after he died spiritually? Okay, it's actually 930 years. The next question, how long did Adam live before he died spiritually? That's exactly the answer. Nobody knows. He could have been here for millions of years before he sinned, right, and died spiritually. Okay, next question. Y'all ready for this? How many of each animal did Noah bring into the ark? One of each. Okay. Is the number 14 coming from anybody from my church? <laughs> the number two is the wrong answer. Number one is the wrong answer. Okay, get this. When when Noah got off the ark, the first thing he did was he sacrificed one of each. How many's left? If he only had two, that's one of each. How do they multiply? Somebody talking to me? I can't tell. They don't know. Okay. The answer is seven sets which is 14 of the clean and two sets of the unclean. Okay? That's found in Genesis chapter 7, I believe it is. All right? Now, the next one. Remember when God told the serpent, you shall go on your belly and you shall eat dust the rest of your life. All of your life, right? Do you all remember that? Okay, what does it mean to go on your belly? Nobody? Okay, it means to be driven by your appetite. What does it mean to eat dust? Nobody? Okay. Anybody know Genesis 2, verse 7? Without looking at your phone? Without opening your Bible? Genesis 2, verse 7. God made man from the... Somebody help me. I heard that. Thank you. God made man from the dust of the ground. So when he told the serpent that he was going to eat the dust all the days of his life, I don't know about you, but I've never, never seen a snake eat dust. Right? But his job is to eat your flesh. Hmm. Think about it. Okay. Um... Elijah and Elisha. Elijah did eight miracles while he was here. 
How many did Elisha do? You got a double portion, right? Somebody help me. Who said 15? Who said 15? Or was it 16? I couldn't tell. Well, if it's double times Elijah, then it's 16. <laughs> okay. Good answer, but the wrong answer. The answer is 15. So whoever said it, you were right. The, the reason it's 15 is because he only did 15 while he was alive. The 16th one happened after he died and somebody threw the dead body of a soldier into his tomb. When he landed on the bones of Elisha, he came alive. That was the number 16th. God had to honor the 16th, which is the double portion. Somebody says, why is he asking us all these questions? I'll show you in a minute, okay? I'm glad you asked. Okay, the next question. How many times did Jesus die on the cross? Once and for all? Three times. Okay, I've only got twice. I don't know where the third time came from. Did Jesus die on the cross? Right. He died twice. First time he died spiritually, he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is my father, my father, why hast thou forsaken me, right? He died spiritually. He was separated from his father for the first time in eternity. Then the Bible says he gave up the ghost. He died physically. Okay? Is that correct? Okay. Y'all have to study that one. Um, last question. What is the gospel of Jesus? Ask that one more time. Nobody? What did you say? Okay. Anybody have any questions so far? Can you repeat that question? Yes. What is the gospel of Jesus? What is the gospel of Jesus? What is the, the gospel? gospel of Jesus is the kingdom of God. Pastor, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. Can you hear yeah. me? Can you hear me? The reason I ask this question is because we have been heard, we have heard things for years and years and years that aren't always the truth. For instance, most of the time you ask somebody how many of the animals went onto the ark of Noah, they said two of each. That's a nursery rhyme. It's a vast darkly. It's an obscurity that has been taught in Sunday school by the believers. It was never two. It was always seven sets, which is 14, of the queen, and two sets of the unclean. Okay. I think she just more because she said like when we started, she said she didn't see the of the service at the beginning. Is that a question to me? No. Okay. Okay. No, no, I'll forget. All right. Oh, 
I think this is kind so, of this is my class is about apologetics tonight, but, uh, right? Well, in apologetics, the main thing about apologetics is you must know what you believe, you must know why you believe it, you must know where to find it, and you must know how to defend it. Y'all get that? Write it down. You must know what you believe, you must know why you believe it, you must know where to find it in the Bible, and you must know how to defend it. That's what apologetics is really all about. The word apologetics has nothing to do with apologizing. That's, that's uh, Pastor uh, Delton. Uh, right? Although the word apologize comes from the same okay. Greek Lelton. word, yeah. Lelton. apologia. Yeah, but I can ask him. Which is why we get a word, a word apologetics. I think he has it there. So and our word. I don't know what he just said. Apologize. Excuse me. You'll have to forgive me. I'm still a little bit under the weather. That's why I'm actually doing this by Zoom instead of in person. Been under the weather since like Tuesday. Praise God. I don't know what I'm doing under there, but I'm going to find out. Get back out from under. Amen. So, in other words, our job is to defend our faith. Right? When we defend our faith, what we're really trying to do is design our verbal answers to people that have questions. People ask questions all the time when you're trying to witness to them. But you must be prepared to verbally defend your faith. Prepared means you prepare in advance. You do something in advance to be ready in case anybody has a question. Has anybody ever run across somebody who had a question that you couldn't answer? Yes. I hope you have, because it happens. And let me just say this. A lot of times when you're witnessing, what you really want to do is instill into somebody else the understanding that you know something about the Bible, that if they can ask the right questions, you can give them the right answers. They don't always ask the right questions. Okay? I want to look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 15. Excuse me. 1 Peter 3, verse 15. And I'm going to look at that. I'm going to read that real quick. Hallelujah. Verse 15 says, But sanctify the Lord in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So in other words, what this is saying is be ready to answer the questions about your hope in Christ. Okay? How many have hope in Christ? I should see all of your hands. Unfortunately, I can't. Praise the Lord, right? So apologetics deals with answering any and all critics who oppose or question the revelation of God in Christ and in the Bible, okay? Your answering can be general answers or they can be specific answers. If you want to go specific, you can do a lot of study. There's a lot of things to study to give somebody in order to 
lead them in the right direction, okay? Your answer can be defensive or your answer can be offensive. In other words, what that means is you can come from a defending attitude where you're just going to defend what you know, what you believe, or you can be offensive, and offensive will pull down the suppositions that they have, the, the presupposed ideals that they have in their mind, okay? Sometimes you have to be on the offensive. Sometimes you just have to be defensive. And you should attack um, erroneous beliefs. In other words, what that means is you can't just let somebody that you're talking with just believe anything. If you're going to try to win them to Christ and win them over to God, you have to tear down some of their current beliefs. Does that make sense? I hope that makes more sense than just the way I put it a minute ago. <laughs> Your job is to change the views that people have. Okay? Amen? Anybody still with me? Praise the Lord. All right. So I'm going to talk a little bit here about... The fact that there's a lot of questions up, a lot of questions. There are probably a million questions about your faith. It's a huge, huge subject, and you could be studying it for weeks, and and that's if you're doing it full time. So what I'm giving you tonight in 45 minutes is not an in-depth study of apologetics. It's just me touching the surface of what you need to know on how to go out and talk to somebody, okay? It, you know, it's not easy, but you gotta know what you know. If you don't know what you know, how are you gonna help somebody else know? One thing I wanna talk about just real briefly before I go into the rest of the lesson is experience. What experiences can you draw from that you have had with God? What has God done for you lately? How has God touched your life? How has God really ministered to you in some way, shape, or form? that you can look and point to that and say, this is what God has done for me. And when I say that, I mean very specifically, you know what you have experienced. Nobody else knows. But you can use it as, an, as a witnessing tool. For instance, there was a time when I had broken my pelvis. And after I healed up, I was walking crooked. And my wife told me I was walking crooked. I didn't believe it, but she told me I was. And so I was walking down the hallway one day, and at the end of the hallway, there was a mirror, and I saw myself walking crooked. I was almost walking sideways. And I didn't know I was, but she did. And so that to me was just a place of my life where, okay, I didn't heal properly, but you know, this is what it is. I know that in, uh, in the process of time, I had trouble laying down by myself getting up by myself, sitting by myself, rolling over in bed by myself. I had to have my wife help me with these, these seemingly easy tasks, but because my pelvis didn't heal right, I could not do it. I was in pain. Are y'all with me tonight? So one night I was in a service and uh, Prophet Herman Bibbs called me out, prayed for me. He said, I'm, I'm gonna lay hands on you tonight and God's gonna heal you. And he laid hands on me, and the power of God physically went through my body from my head to my pelvis. I felt the power of God go through my body, and from that moment, I was walking straight. I didn't need no more help sitting down, laying down, getting up, rolling over, nothing. 
I was all good. The power of God touched my physical body. Are y'all are y'all here? The reason I'm bringing this up is because I had an experience with God. And a man or a woman with an experience is never at the mercy of a man. God is God. Why do babies die of starvation or cancer? Right? Right, yes. If God is God, why is there so much evil in the world? Why doesn't he do something about it? Has anybody ever heard that? If God is God, why can't he do something about this or about that? I thought God could do everything. Right? These are questions that people have. And you have to know how to answer that. I'm just going to go through a few scenarios and I'm going to give you some answers. Okay? Number one, God's ability is not in question. God's ability has never been violated. God's ability is the same now as it was when he created the earth. How many know God's ability? The Bible says we are not to put our faith in man's wisdom, but in God's ability. Hallelujah. But just because God has the ability to do something doesn't mean he has the authority to do something. Okay? God's authority was given to man. When God created man in his image, he said, let them subdue the earth. Y'all remember that? And have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and over the cattle of the land and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. We are to have dominion over that. But man has not taken his rightful place in this earth realm. And because of that, we have babies that are dying of cancer. We have babies that are starving to death. Okay? Not because of God's ability, but because God's authority has been violated. We don't carry the authority we're supposed to carry in this earth realm. If we did, we could stop this. Okay? It's not God's responsibility to stop this. It is man's responsibility to stop this, to change it. But even man, in ourselves, we don't really have that authority either. We have not walked in that authority. But that's what sonship is about. That's what the kingdom of God is about, walking in the authority that God put us in. Sickness and disease should be a thing of the past with Christians. Y'all follow me? Hello. Knock, knock. Anybody home? <laughs> Hallelujah. We are in a place where we're supposed to be walking as Jesus walked in this earth realm. Remember when he walked on the lake? On the water? And the, he got in the boat? Remember when he was asleep in the bottom of the boat? And the waves Amen. were, Amen. were, were yeah. billowing and the wind was blowing and the, the boat was filling up with water and they, they woke him up and said, don't you care that we're going to die? Remember what he did? He got up. He rebuked the wind, yeah. he rebuked the rain, he rebuked the sea, and everything calmed down. That's the kind of authority that he had when he walked in this earth. But he's been given, he has given that authority to us, but we don't walk in that authority. So when people ask about what God is doing about situations in this earth realm, our response should not be, I don't know what God's going to do. Our response should be that man needs to step up to the plate 
and walk in the authority that God has given you. Until that happens, it's not going to happen. Until a man steps up and takes that authority. You see, this is one thing that apologetics is about. Knowing how to respond to these people. All right, now what? watch this. What about people that say, my baby died of this or my baby died of that? Where was God at? Okay, how do you respond to that? You want to have a compassionate heart and respond and say, I wish I knew. I, you know, I wish I knew what God was thinking. I wish I knew what God could do. But the, the question really is, where were they at when their baby was dying? Were they doing what God told them to do? See, that's what it really boils down to. Were you doing what God told you to do? What did God tell you to do? His will. Did you pray God's will into this earth? Is anybody out there? Am I, am I making anybody mad? Amen. Praise God. Praise I am God. making you mad? I'm not mad. I'm mad. Okay, good. I don't want to make anybody mad, but I want you to think. I want everybody to think. We have a responsibility. What was that? I cannot hear the crowd. I cannot hear anybody except uh, Brother Rodney and, and uh, Brother Derek, Pastor Derek. Okay? So here's, here's the point that I'm trying to make. God's will is not automatic, and yet when something happens, we want to say, well, where's God's will? Okay? For instance... People wait until they're dying of cancer to get God to come and heal them, and yet they smoked all their life. Or maybe they didn't smoke. Maybe they didn't smoke, but the thing of it is, what I'm trying to say here is this. We don't know every situation, and that, that much is true. But if we're not praying God's will into this earth realm like he said to, when he said pray, he said pray like this. My Father which art in heaven, in other words, my, my Father which art eternal, everlasting, self-existent God, right? Hallowed be thy names. Holy, wonderful, awesome, and amazing be your names. Amen. And then he says, thy will be done. Pray, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How many of us actually pray that? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If we are praying that, and trying to follow that, then we have a right to ask God to come into our situations. That's where God gets the authority to enter into and intervene with our problems. If we're not asking him for his will, if we're not praying his will, praying his kingdom, we really don't have the right to ask him to intervene. I wish somebody would say amen. God's will is not automatic, right? Did I say that a minute ago? If his, will, if his will was automatic, watch this. If his will was automatic and he said, it is not my will that any would perish, then nobody would perish if his will was automatic. Is that right? It is not his will that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. That's what the Bible says. So if his will was automatic, nobody would perish. Everybody would come to repentance, right? How about 3 John verse 2? Beloved, I wish above all things that you would what? Prosper and be in health 
even as your soul prospers. So if his Amen. will was automatic, our soul would automatically prosper, and we would be in health, and we would be prosperous automatically, because that's God's will. But God's will is not what? Automatic. And when people come to us and they want to know where God was when something happened to their loved one, the, the, the problem is God's will is not automatic in their life. If they have not prayed God's will, we cannot believe God's will is going to happen. That's why every Christian ought to be praying God's will for their life every single day. Lord, I pray your will for my family. I pray your will for my life. I pray your will for my marriage. I pray your will for my job. I pray your will for my giving. I pray your will for my, my church. I pray your will for everything. That's where we ought to be. But we, we need to teach that. We need to give that out so that when somebody has a question, we can answer with that kind of a mentality. It's God's will this or God's will that. But did we pray God's will? You're just saying, this is things, these are things we need to know when somebody starts asking questions. All right? Now, what about this? When, when, when somebody says, well, Jesus was just a prophet. Jesus was just another person. How well do you know the Bible to counteract that or to defend your belief in Jesus Christ? Number one, do you believe Jesus Christ was the son of God? Number two, why do you believe Jesus Christ is the son of God? Number three, where do you find that in the Bible? And number four, how can you defend it? You have to be able, you have to, be able to know these things in order to defend when somebody says Jesus was just a prophet. I'm smiling. I'm not fussing. Honestly, I'm just ready to preach. <laughs> Praise God. Now look, how well do we know that Jesus was more than just a, te a teacher, just a, just a prophet, just a person to walk the earth? Did you know that there are so many prophecies in the Bible about who Jesus Christ is Amen. that no one person could have ever filled that by himself? Let me give an example. I was reading a book one time about who Jesus is. And in that book, the writer of the book, I forget the name of the book. It's in my office. I could go in there and look at it, look, at, look for it and find it. But in that book, the author explained the chances of one man fulfilling all the prophecies that were given about Jesus, the Messiah. And the equation that he came up with, I said I was going to talk about mathematics. This is just a brief little mathematics thing for you, okay? The equation that he came up with for anybody to have fulfilled all those prophecies was 1 in 10 to the 17th power. 1 in 10 to the 17th power. What is 10 to the 17th power? 10 to the 17th power is 1 quintillion. A lot of digits. Quintillion. What's that? A lot of digits. One quintillion. A lot of digits. You take, you take the number 10 and you add 17 zeros behind it. That's 1 in 10 to the 17th power. A quintillion, watch this. There's millions, then billions, then trillions, then quadrillions, and then quintillions. Okay? So that's a lot. It's 
Um, basically, it's six sets of zeros behind the number one, okay? Now, how does that really work? Prophecy is, how should we put it? Anytime you have prophecy, you have to determine the factors that are involved in the prophecy to be able to come up with a mathematical equation. For instance, does everybody know that the rain is going to happen? Anybody know if it's going to rain again? Anybody? Is it ever going to rain on the earth again? Yes. Nobody? Yes. Okay, yes. It's going to rain again. So if I say it's going to rain again, that's not really a prophecy, is it? That's not a prophecy. It's going to rain again. Okay, so the chances of it raining again are like one in one. It's going to happen. Right? But now if I say it's going to rain Tuesday, I've just added one more factor in there. Now I have to double it. Now it's one in two. Whether or not that prophecy is going to come to pass. Now if I say it's going to start raining on Tuesday at two in the morning, I've just added another fact. So now I have to double it again. One in four. Okay? And if I add another factor, it's going to rain for seven hours. Then I've just added another factor. Now I double it again. Now it's one in eight. So here's the thing. Every time there's a prophecy in the Bible about the Messiah, Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the living son of the living God, you have to double that until you get all the prophecies in there. And by the, by the time you get all the prophecies in there, in that equation, you're going to have one in 10 to the 17th power. That's a lot. The example that he used of that was this. If you take silver dollars, anybody ever seen the silver dollar? Yeah. Round silver dollar. And you take and put a red X on one of them. And you fill up the state of Texas with silver dollars, one foot thick. Okay, one foot thick, that's 12 inches thick, silver dollars for the entire state of Texas. And there's only one red X on one silver dollar, and you stir it all up, you mix it all up, and then you blindfold a man and tell him to walk out there and pick up one silver dollar, and it has to be the one with the red X on it. That's the chances of anybody fulfilling the prophecies of Jesus Christ. That's huge. So when anybody says he's just a prophet, go back and show him some prophecies that were fulfilled that not, not, not one man could fulfill all them prophecies. I'm just saying. Y'all still with me? Anybody still with me? I got a couple minutes left. All right. How well do you know the Bible? How much do you know about the Bible? Okay, when somebody says that was just written by man, what is your response to that? Oh, no, God wrote it. How do you prove God wrote it? Okay, well, you need to know some statistics about the Bible. Number one, the Bible was written over a period of 1,500 years, 1,500 years from the time they started writing it to the time they ended writing it. 1,500 years, that's a long time span. And there was more than 40 people that wrote it. Okay, so more than 40 people over a period of 1,500 years wrote the same theme 
the same plot and the same main character. How can you do that? Okay, let's look at that for a minute. How many people, somebody tell me, how many people are sitting in the auditorium in the church tonight? Somebody just give me a rough estimate. 20. Okay, so if we got 20 people and we tell those 20 people sitting in that one room to write a story, but we don't tell them what the theme is, we don't tell them what the, the plot is, and we don't tell them who the main character is, how many of those 20 people would write the same thing? Probably not going to happen. Right? Now, here's, here's the scenario. God took over 40 people in different time frames over 1,500 years and had each of them write something about Jesus Christ, the main character was Jesus Christ. The main plot is to reveal the Messiah. And the main theme is blood covenant with the kingdom of God. Amen. How many would write that if you told them to sit down and write a story? They're not going to do it. But God did it with 40 people over 50 <coughs> Excuse me. Over 1,500 years. The point that I'm trying to make here is we have to know something before we step out there and witness to people. If we don't know what we know, why we know it, why we believe it, where to find it, how to defend it, then we're going out and coming back as failure. We will never win people to God. If we don't know what we're talking about. That's what apologetics is. Somebody have a question? Or were you just praising God with me? Hallelujah. I see my time is going. I thank you for your time. This is Dr. BJ saying God bless you. Tree of Life, thank you for showing up tonight. Whoever is there from Tree of Life. And I love you all, y'all. God bless you, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. That's my lesson for tonight. God, God bless you. Great. Great Come on, y'all can do better than that. Amen. 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 I think we're going to move right along at this time. Amen. We're going to have Pastor PD to come at this time in this wonderful music ministry. Come on. Amen. An anointed woman of God. Amen. Come on. Come on. Those that are singing in the choir, come on. Y'all make your way up. Amen. Come on. Now we're looking to go to another level. We just going to go higher each time. Amen. Come on. Come on. Amen. Amen. We just bless God. We are excited. We have worked the last three weeks. Come on, come on. Now listen, if we sing anything that sounds any kind of good, y'all don't leave us out there. Y'all get with us. Y'all don't leave us out there. 
We're going to try our best to blow this. It's our job. Now he missed. It's my job. Now he missed. If he could have done a better job, he should have done it. It's my time. Now he missed. If, if I got any worshipers in the house. It's my time. It's our time. Who is man that, that God is so mindful? We have taken the enemy's job. We came to worship him and we came to give him glory. There's two numbers we're going to do and we're going to get on out of your way. This, this song says, all of my help. All of my help. Anybody got any help other than in God? All of my help comes from you. And then after we do that, we're just going to let the Lord know that we need another chance. Is that all right? Now listen again. Y'all encourage us. Cause just encourage us. Is that all? Just encourage us. And we're going to worship God. God is so awesome. He's just so awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give God a hand. He's such an awesome God. Such an awesome God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
Sometimes you just mess up. I don't know how many chances I've been given. Probably 15,000 uh, this year. Um, but I want to thank God because, you know, he said if I would come to him. Hallelujah. If I would come to him. God, I'm sorry. And God, I don't know what I was thinking. But if you would just give me another chance. If you would just let me make it up to you, Lord God. Just give me one more chance, God. I'll get it right. I'll get it right, Lord. I'll get it right, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. To hurt you or desert you or desert you. Yes, Lord. I love you.
seem to do is keep messing up and I've been so confused I don't know what to do but you told me if I just see your face turn away turn away from my wicked way you would heal me Another chance. Oh Lord, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Forgive me. Thank you, Lord. I'm 
you for another chance. Come on, thank you for another chance. I need some real people who've been through some stuff. And I know we gotta move on, but I'm gonna give y'all one minute to give God some praise for another chance. I don't care what you gotta do, but I'm gonna give you one minute to give God a praise for another chance. Come on, musician, come on. Come on, let's go there, come on. Come on, put your hands together, come on. A sound of victory. Come on, a sound of victory. A sound of victory. A sound of victory. Come on, tell somebody, only God can do it. Only God can open up the door. Only God can heal your body. Only God can make a way. Come on, when man closes the door, God opens up the door. Because he's able. Come on, tell somebody he's able to turn your situation around. He's able. When the music stops, your praise continues. Let everything that has breath. Come on, let everything. He's being too good to you. Come on, come on, take it to another level. No, we're going to move on, take it to another level. Now listen, listen, listen. Listen, all of, you, all of us haven't been saved all of our lives. See, around this time, we were just waking up, getting ready to go to the club. And we was out all night, shaking our groove bag. 
now we in the club of Jesus and I need y'all to make some noise for the Father, for the Son, and for the Holy Ghost. When I count the three, I want, I want people all the way in Sacramento to hear y'all. I want you to think back over your life. The songwriter says, when I think back over my life and I think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed. I can, how many of y'all got a testimony? When I count the three, I want y'all to make a joyful noise. One, two, come on, musicians, y'all get ready. Three, come on. Come on, come on. Make the devil mad, make the devil mad. Confuse the enemy, confuse the devil. Confuse him, confuse him, confuse him. Come on, he and come on, he inhabits the places of his people. Come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. We gotta move on. We gotta move on. But I see some of y'all still praising because you because God has brought you from a mighty long way. Some of y'all saying, Pastor Austin, you don't know my story. You don't know what I've been through. I've been through some stuff even on this year. So Pastor Austin, some of you tell your man, excuse me if I get a little rowdy. But I've been through some stuff already on this year. And I gotta praise on the inside. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. We supposed to be having classes. Y'all sit down. We not supposed to be doing all this. Y'all acting up. We not supposed to be doing all of this. We not supposed to be doing all this right here. I need y'all to sit down. Come on. Bishop need y'all to sit down. No, sit down. Sit down. Sit. Don't. Don't do that because y'all gonna get something. Y'all get something. Y'all get something started. That's it. Come on. That's it. Shh. That's it, y'all. That's it. We gotta move on. We gotta move on. Sacramento, I need y'all to stop. We're not supposed to come out here to do all this. I need y'all to stop, 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 stop. Come on, I see some folks from Arizona. I need y'all to stop.
Come on, we gotta get ready for the next speaker. We gotta get ready for the next class. Come on, y'all. We have to get ready for the next class. Clap your hands and give God a hand, praise. We serve an awesome God. I don't know about you, but this is what I pray that all the pastors and everyone has been praying before this conference started. And I've been praying that this is not just... If it's real, you don't need no music. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. I'm grateful. I am grateful for the move of God. I just want us to take it outside of the building. I want us to move it outside the building. We're casting the net. We're catching fish. This joy is too good for us not to share with somebody else. We cannot do this in 90 minutes on Sunday. We cannot do this on just Wednesday night Bible study. We've got to cast the net every day, everywhere that I go. Is there anyone that has him down on the inside? You don't need no coaching. You don't need nobody to push you because you can just praise him all by yourself. There is a dying world. And I know we're a little packed in here and I was trying to be quiet sitting there and just pastors. We know how to jump. We know how to shout. But can we support our pastor? Can we take what our pastor teaches to the street? It is a failure if we come here on Sunday and don't take it to the street. I need about 12 people say so I'm going to take it to the street. I look at somebody and say, take it to the streets. Come on, that goes right into our next class. Come on, we're going to have Apostle Works to come at this time. Come on, she's going to talk to us on how to take it to the streets. Somebody said, take it to the streets. Come on, give God a hand praise. Amen. Come on, give God a hand praise. 
Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. I said, praise the Lord, everybody. They seriously expect for me to come behind something like that. Good Lord. You know that ain't right. <laughs> but praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm so excited. You know, uh, outreach was my first mantle. Praise God when he called me to preach. He sent me straight to the streets. I thought I was going to get to set up in the pulpit, you know, like, the, you know, all the other ones in the roads and stuff. He sent me straight to the streets. I mean, the hood, the street streets. And so uh, I am so excited to be here tonight for uh, Kingdom Life Net Connection, Casting the Net. Let's just give God a praise for all the decorations around and stuff. I mean, I'm just, I'm in it, you know? Amen? Come on. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's beautiful in here. God bless you, Bishop and Lady Sweet. Praise God. Um, Mine is outreach, taking it to the streets. Um, and we're going to talk about love goals. Somebody say love goals. And I thank God for the podium because I learned how to preach at a podium and then the pulpit. He said, now when you see this, we ain't doing all that. <laughs> Praise God. Okay, so outreach, taking it to the streets. Very, very powerful uh, uh, um, work in the church amen very very powerful we don't hear a lot about outreach you know we want to we want folks to come to us you know but we don't want to go to them praise god so we're going to talk about love goals say love goals again love goals say it again say it like you mean it love goals amen amen it's a lot of love up in here i feel it praise god but it's not a whole lot of love out there from us Praise God. So my piece is outreach. Praise God. And I think I'm up there. My, where's my, uh, I, got, I got a PowerPoint. Oh, it's coming. Holly, see y'all messed up back there. They did been praising the Lord, everything all discombobulated. Hallelujah. But we're going to give them a minute. But while they're getting ready for my PowerPoint, I just want to talk a little bit about outreach. Yeah, yeah. All right. You know, we have in reach. In reach is that's us right now. We all in reaching together, but then we have outreach. Hallelujah. But outreach is an act of worship. Never. In all my 25 some years, I have never heard it described like that. Outreach is an act of worship, which need not be justified by direct preaching, though it will lead to conversation about our hope in Jesus. So outreach is an act of worship. You know, we, we, we want to sing and dance and shout and all of that. But when you're outreaching, you're, 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 you're playing with the heart of God. We up there yet? Okay, praise God. All right, then so we get to move on a little bit. Uh, but I, I really want to stay around outreach because outreach, we, 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 you know, they put us back. They give us a little closet room with our little flyers and, our, you know, our little tracks and stuff. You know, praise team, get a whole closet for they. Okay. All right. Outreach is very, very serious because outreach, what, what, does, what does the Bible say about worship? How should we worship God? Spirit 
Same thing with outreach. Our neighbor is anyone we might meet, even our enemies. You know, they don't like you because she said she didn't like you. That's our neighbor. We don't, we, see, if you're serious about outreach, you don't get to dismiss anybody. Color, creed, homosexuality, come on, alcoholic. Come on, y'all better, what? Where are they going to go? If we don't go get them and bring them in, they stay out there and they say, ooh, that church, ooh, that church. I'm talking about outreach. It's very serious. See, I don't, I, everybody can't get on my outreach team, see. I, I'd rather you not do it than get in trouble with God for messing with his people. Outreach is serving, encouraging, giving, and showing mercy. Now we can scratch out that encouraging. We can scratch out that giving. Can, can the folks, I need some water, somebody, because y'all have been praising the Lord. Hallelujah. I need some water. If you don't have no compassion or mercy, you can't do outreach. Hey, hey, wait a minute. I ain't told y'all to move that check. Go back. Hold on. Just, just, just let me work with it. See, because this ain't no play play. See, when, see, you, see, in outreach, you don't only deal with lives. You deal with souls. Oh, that's, 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 that's deep right there. Because God said so. We going somewhere. Just as the good Samaritan showed mercy. Y'all remember him over there in Luke 10. Anybody know that story? Huh? Got beat down, right? Stripped, robbed, and a lot of folks out there is feeling that way in the spirit. We always think folks have to be beat down, all bloody and cut. What, what about the inside of them? Who's going to minister to the inside? Who's going to minister to the soul? That's the outreach team. Come on, hear me, leaders. I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere. But, but, but you got to understand that outreach is what is happening. Outreach is what makes the church. Y'all good. I, I love to praise the Lord. Uh, but I don't want to just sit up and look at y'all every Sunday. I tell them that often at KCC, praise the Lord. Same old faces every Sunday. There is one body. We have all been given different abilities. We need to encourage and support those who are able to reach out just as we support our speakers, preachers, and teachers. Come on. Come on. We, we, see, that's what, okay, this is a leadership conference. So hopefully after this conference, the pastor show up at the outreach meeting. Huh? The pastor uh, 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 walk with us to pass out the tracks next time. Yeah. Just, just go a little while. You ain't got to go all the way. Just show, up. Yeah. Yeah. just show up. That's what discouraged me. I've been doing it 25 years. I've, been, I've, I've seen some things. Amen. I've sit with kingpins. Y'all know what kingpins is? Y'all know what a trap house is? I didn't know what no trap house was. 
<laughs> when we was Thursday, it was about 115 out there. <laughs> we went in the yard. They all, you know, and then with a whole bunch of them, you know, they all kicking it and everything. You know, and first they was mad at us because we knocked on the door. But then they seen, you know, we kind of cute. So they say, y'all, come on up in here. We'll give y'all some water, right? You know, you ain't really supposed to. Okay. I don't want to get distracted. But I'm telling y'all, I've seen a lot of things. In a serious business. Hallelujah. Just don't go up in the trap house and come out with nothing. I'll be back next Saturday, but I'm bringing Bobby and Joe and Billy. <laughs> oh, they too churchy for me. I'm trying to tell them how to go out and get the people. We want to grow our churches or what? I, I, I want to grow some, some, some um, I want some solid folks in the church. I'm talking about folks, when I, if, I, if I pass out like I wanted to, but you know, hallelujah, Holy Ghost, praise God. Come on up, the outreach person, come on up and said, hey, thus says the Lord. Amen? So we want four to five people in the church. Okay, so I got to go. Ooh, we, I, brought, I meant to bring my phone, but um, you know what to tell me. Hallelujah. If I get going too much. Our motives in reaching out must be sincere and not be deliberately seen by others so that we can uh, 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 massage our own ego. You give turkeys away one Don't bring me no turkey on Thanksgiving. What about my baby need a coat? It's cold outside. And the church can't do nothing? I'm talking about outreach. Nothing? Baby need a pair of shoes. Come to church. You know that baby feet out at the bottom. Just what? clothing bank. We're going to get there in a minute. I'm just, y'all need to feel me because if y'all really want to do church, you get to the heart of people. You get to the needs of people. Me, my physical needs. I'm moving. Is somebody timing me? I need some. Okay. Hallelujah. All right. Let's go down a little bit. Now we talked about outreach a little bit. Now don't turn me. Boy, y'all turn that thing again. We're going to have some problems. Hallelujah. I ain't ready to go there yet. I'm going to go through there real fast, but I got to work it up because y'all, see, you go to conferences and you don't get nothing to take away with. You know, you go get a good feel and all that. Man, ain't nobody got, girl, did you know we on the other side of COVID? First Corinthians 13, 4 and 8, it says, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. What y'all do when transients come up in y'all church? I wish they would grab a can of glade. Uh, 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 yeah, glade. I wish you would move off the front seat. Now, if we're going to do this, we're going to have to do this. I wish you would mess with my pole dancer and throw a scarf over her lap. You better back up. Back up. Stand in front of her. If you got, but you better not touch her. 
don't make her be uncomfortable. Why, why you think it ain't that many people in here now? Oh, y'all think I'm playing? I, I'm not playing if you want to do outreach. You can't only catch them. You got to keep them. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when I start, when I don't develop as fast as you would like for me to develop, walk with me. When I come to the altar 150 times, oh, she come down for the same thing. Surely is cover up and leave her alone. I believe Bishop tonight, God is going to heal some church hurt. You know. It says that, love, I'm just going to do Corinthians and then we're going to move to that for real, for real. Uh, it does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable and resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears. Come on. Love believes. Love hopes. Love endures. And then it says, love never ends. That's why you don't get to give up on none of them. You don't get to, I don't care if they steal your money. Come on. I don't care if they don't pay you back, let them have it. You know that is Bible, right? Y'all mad at folks, they don't want to come back to your church because they owe you some money. You paid a light bill, you know they didn't have no money when you paid the light bill. All right, let's go to the next slide. Okay, so love goes. Say love goes. So we're going to talk about uh, uh, reaching, teaching, and harvesting in the community, right? The labors are few. No, the harvest, what did it say? The, la the, 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 the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. Praise God. Hallelujah. So. We're going to talk about um, love continues to go reaching, teaching, and harvesting in the community. And like I said, I'm real hands-on. I'm animated, right? But what I'd like to do is have people go back and do it. Isn't that the, isn't that the plan when you teach? Okay. So what you see here is what I call connectors. You need to know what to take you back to your church and do. Reaching, teaching, harvesting in the community. So what I've did, I have uh, 25 years of working in these ministries, and I've seen churches double. I've seen churches triple, right? I've seen this in, through some of these ministries. So the first one is adopt a block. Adopt a block. Just think just what it says. Just what it says. For one month, you adopt a block. Adopt, the, adopt those that you, you know they, uh, that one. Adopt a block. So the way adopt a block works is you adopt just one block. Don't, don't, don't be all trying to be extra. Just deal with the people and on that block. From that street where that intersection is to that street where that intersection is, right? Go knock on the door. Show yourself friendly. I'm talking about, oh, Lord Jesus. So adopt a block. So 
You understand? Yes. I'm telling you. You get to know these people. You have a whole block of people talking about that pastor over there came to see about me. Come on. They brought me a case of water, and it was hot. I love Arizona. Boy, we always have an excuse to do something. So adopt a block. Go find a block. Find your cousin block. Find your auntie block. You know? Hallelujah. So I need for y'all to go back and adopt a block and then call Bishop up and tell him I adopted a block. I know everybody on that block and they all just working in the church. Praise the Lord. Okay. Community events and bridge coordination. Man, you know we will go for food. Use the food. Use the food. What is it to buy a hundred bar-ass uh, hot dogs and put them on the grill? People from other churches come and eat your <laughs> Come on. If you're going to be a bridge, be a bridge. But don't come empty-handed for me. I mean, to me. You know, food, and then you put it on the grill, right? And just, you know, if, 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 it is, if, if it's just real still and the wind ain't blowing, put a fan in front of the grill towards the neighborhood and just let it blow down. Easy. Oh, I'm not, I'm not all extra Jesus and nothing tonight. We're trying to help some folks. If we're going to have the 153, if we're going to catch them, then we got to go get them. But, but why not keep them? All right. So uh, celebrate recovery. we got to have something for the addicts. Come on. Something. Everybody don't want to be. Well, some of them do. No. <laughs> The addicts, you need something for them. Because when you're an addict, it's not, you're not the only addict, but the, it affects your whole family. And so, oh, y'all ain't got no Uncle Bobo in y'all house. We got to have a place for them to go and be comfortable. That's what Celebrate Recovery is. I hope y'all writing and taking notes and stuff because Celebrate Recovery, that's national. That's a national uh, movement. Google it. And figure, and you just take pieces out of that program that helps your church. You know, if you got the weed smokers, you know, you know, tell them, you know, don't be getting high on Sunday morning. <laughs> have cousins that have uses uh, uh, and, and whatever those things is, cirrhosis of the liver. Come on, get that piece. Well, we can minister to their health because they ain't going to stop drinking some of them. We are helping somebody. Are we? I mean, that's what we're here for, right? Let's celebrate recovery. So I want y'all to Google the celebrate recovery and get an, an addiction uh, a ministry in your church. That'll draw people. People will tell people. Come on. Let me, some of the prison ministries... Uh, 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 have connected with the hospitals uh, to get uh, 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 morphine to ministries to help those that are walking through. Of course, you got to have all these licenses and stuff, but this is real, Bishop. 
you know, we're all not healthy. We're all not okay. We, some of us have mental issues, right? I need a room tucked back in a, every now and then I need to go lay on the couch. What you say? Okay. Love goes senior. Love goes seniors, right? Leave, leave them out if you want to. Come on. Do y'all have that in your church? Y'all have a seniors ministry in your church? Let me tell you what made me so mad, Bishop, that everybody, nobody want to go to the rest homes. Nobody want to go, and nobody want to take them no socks at Christmas. I say, you know what? Two little old women filled up their cars and went to every rest home in like a five-mile radius. I was like, that's the mother's ministry. And they get their day every year, too. Come on. I'm talking about outreach, going out and getting them. Don't you know those folks? Those folks in the rest homes, don't nobody go see about them no more. If you're going to outreach, let's make it a community bridge. Okay. Food bank and clothing bank. Don't, 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 don't try to be no baller with the food bank and, 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 and clothing bank. You know what ours is? We have a garbage bag full of men clothes, boy clothes, little boy clothes, big boy clothes, big girl clothes. I'm ready if they come. I'm ready if they come. And a coat. One size fit all. But I'm ready if they, do y'all understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about you can't just go out and pass out tracks and never see them again. Bye, y'all. Now that's external, internal evangelism. Love at the altar. Quit messing with folks at the altar. Leaders, quit messing with folks at the altar. Folks are scared to come to the altar. They scared, to, they shame. You know they went out and did it again the next weekend. Let them come back and repent. Let them come back and repent. You know what they did. You know she ain't going to stop. Not right now. That's, the, 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 that's, that's after you get them. You know, you, you got to get them in a place. And then you can say, then you can start beating them. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. Don't beat them. Don't beat them. <laughs> Let me tell you, leaders, something else about the altar. You know what the altar is, right? See, some of y'all scared to mess with folks at the altar because they're dead and it stink. I ain't never did that before. I ain't going to pray with her. Know that marriage is dying. You know that girl. May not make it if you don't go get a towel and sit with her at that altar. This ain't no time to hallelujah, praise the Lord. Did she die for a reason? I really have never really came to the altar happy and jumping. I'm broken. I'm 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 dirty. Come on, leaders. I don't don't call me to go and pass out no doggone flower flyers, and then you're not handling the people with love and care at the church. Just that one that came back. 
from the barbecue last week, right? What are you doing with this? Okay. And then baptism. Baptism is a big deal. Boy, get a couple of buckets outside and start dunking them. I love it. I love it. Y'all do know that uh, uh, salvation ain't no long drawn out process, right? Huh? It's an eternal process, but it ain't no long drawn out process. The Bible tells me if I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, I shall be saved. Period. Period. Who are you to judge me? I'm talking about baptism. So they come up and say that. I'm washing them in that water. What? Y'all know we ain't got no baptism. We got a little bit of church. Boy, I get the, those feet and trunks and my swimming pool. Hallelujah. Depends on how cold it is. No, 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 no. And then prayer. That's where at the altar you drench them in prayer as well. You introduce them to prayer. I'm going to pray for you, but I want you to pray for me. God, I don't even know nothing about who am I to, I can't do that. You don't know where I come from. I'm talking about, I'm outreaching now. And then my brother's keeper. Who going to watch you? Who talk to you when you come into church? Who talk to you to just come in and it's just the pastor and bishop. They just come and, and just, who talk to, who's, who's communicating with this person? Just because you don't know her. Discipleship that come later, but I'm talking about membership. I'm going first touch. Who gonna call them after next week? Right? I'm, I'm giving you a process here. I'm gonna give you some nuts and stuff later, and I got a piece of paper and everything. But if you can't get it in your heart, you ain't gonna do it no way. You can go through all the conferences you want to, but you need a plan. You need a plan. You need to incorporate some of these uh, uh, connectors. Say connectors. All right. And anybody know what MIA is? That's what I'm calling y'all, ain't he? I'm doing dry bot. Reaching, teaching, harvesting in the community. There's a process. Go get them. They'll come in. But still, there's a process. We want to move from what we've been doing. That's why ain't nobody in the church. Hallelujah. Okay. All right. All right. Where am I at? Next one, please. Okay. Leader, are you all in? You got to take the lead. I remember every time I got discouraged, Bishop, is when I didn't get no support from the leadership. I didn't get no support. We out there, it's 115 degrees. You want me to go and minister to two levels of apartments and you can't even show up and pray us out? You ain't even got to come in the beginning. I'm just saying. That, that's when I was most discouraged, leaders. Do you hear me? Show up at the beginning. Pray with them. I'm not talking about the uh, um, outreach minister. I was, I was, I don't know how it was Jesus. I was always the director, right? But I didn't get the support I need. Leaders, 
show up. Ministry objectives start with you. You want to change something? You want to get your church filled up? Want folks to come and you won't even help us go get them? Say catch them and keep them. All right. I'm ready for the next one. The leader's all in. (laughs) So love goes this way. Objective number one is to glorify God. Right? Glorify God by faithfully obeying Christ's command to make disciples. And we're all very familiar with Matthew 28. I know some of you can quote it. Who can quote Matthew 28, 18 through 20? Anybody? Oh, well, you you had your conference right on time, huh? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it said, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go! Say go. Go. Therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Right? And, 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 and that, that's a big part. We, we, we want to go, but still we have to teach on our way while we're going. In our going, when love is going, you got to teach them. This is the way we do this. And you ain't always got to be doing that either. You know, don't be, don't be, don't be, because I don't need, some folks don't even know what the Bible is. You want to give them all these big old words, exergesis, this passage, and watch me. Watch me when they slap me in my face. Watch me. Well, watch what I do. We want to glorify God by faithfully obeying Christ's command to make disciples. Objective number two, sharing the gospel so that people, especially those in your sphere of influence, will accept Christ as Savior. Just yours. Just your Circle K lady. That's it. Spend fast on that. That's, That's a good fast. Listen. That's what I challenged some of the people to do back in the day, you know, when I was director of uh, evangelism. I just want you to just, just say it, Bishop. I'm okay. Just, just whatever you're supposed to say. Hallelujah. Um, I would give them a fast. You go get that same cup of coffee with those same amount of sugars and creamers. Just, just five days, about five days with that same Circle K lady. Hallelujah. If you work the word, God will work it. Come on, the word will do the rest. Do you understand what I'm saying? The same circle, K okay, lady. Do you know Jesus, girl? You know, you know. I feel like I need. I feel led to pray with you. We ain't always got to go up and down in the streets and in byways, and you know, sometimes your byway is right in the circle, K. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about. I'm talking about outreach, but I'm talking about love goals. I'm talking about everything in your sphere. Who is it? Is it your son? Huh? Oh, weed is, 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 is uh, legal now. <laughs> but you ain't getting nothing done. That's in my sphere. Oh, yo, come on. Objective number two, to be able to share not only the gospel, but answers that refute the most common objectives of the gospel. And I thank God for Pastor BJ, I think it is. Hallelujah. He, he got that. I ain't even got to touch that. Because when they come up to you and tell you how you know God real. 
What you gonna do when they come for you? What you gonna do? No, these are some of the things you, don't, don't go out there half cocked. Those devils will eat you up. Number four, come on. <laughs> Identify and pray for a sensitivity to the need for Christ of those in my sphere of influence, contact and influence, right? So you start praying for the Circle K lady in advance. You understand what I'm saying? Start praying, oh, Lord, just, just the next thing I say, God, can you just work on her heart? Oh, God, can you just show her something, Jesus? See, God, God, he said, and lo, he got you. So we don't have to do a whole lot of stuff. We just have to show up. We just have to go out and get them, praise the Lord. Okay, y'all all right? Uh, see, so what y'all not going to do the next time I get up is praise the Lord that hard. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Objective number five, develop and follow a plan to meet, know, love, and serve them. Be consistent. Yeah. Be consistent. That's why they don't even want our turkeys no more at Thanksgiving. <laughs> they don't even want them no more. We didn't even give out no turkeys. To they didn't even ask for them. They didn't even ask for the turkeys. Because I ain't going to see you on Valentine's Day. I ain't going to see you on Christmas. Come on. I want your turkey. You know I ain't got no empower. All I need is $5 and I could come to the church and get $5? Ain't nobody got $5? I'm talking about if you're going to go get them, man. If you're going to go get them, we got to go get them. But we got to be ready to catch them and keep them. Oh, y'all don't know what empower is? Okay. I do. Praise the Lord. Objective number six, to be able to build both long-term and short-term relationships in which credibility, I need to know that you ain't going to lie. If I come back... You tell me you're going to do this for me. I need for you to do it because just one-time leaders. You don't do it. They whole family ain't coming back to your church. And they're going to put you on, on channel three, <laughs> channel five, and channel ten. All those people at that church be lying. Credibility, that's very important. Quit hurting folks. Do what you say you're going to do. If you can't do it, you just can't do it. If you have one piece of bread and it's for you and your boo, we finna cut it into folds. How about that? Because I'm about to give you one of those pieces. Trust, commonality, and communication. Commonality. Y'all want to be so holier than now? You know, those you know, pole dancer, because I, you know, I had one. Hallelujah, praise God. Amen. You got to be, what, are you that ashamed of me that you can't even, no really, find something in common. We want to put that under the magnifying glass, the stuff where we think that, oh, you know, commonality and communication. When you're going out there talking to them, 
Because that's a whole, and, and I, t- I talk about that because I have friends and, and that's big business. Ain't nobody minister to them. They ain't going to nobody church. Do we treat them the way we used to treat the hookers back in the day? Oh, y'all don't know what happened? They got about 40 blankets. You ain't even made it to the vestibule yet. They got about 40 blankets throwing. But they don't want to be real up in here. I'm talking about if you want to get some, somebody in the church, if you want to get even church folks who have been hurt, healed, you got to keep it real and you got to do what you know you need to do. Come on, I'm talking to leaders. Y'all mature folks. Number seven, come on, because I think I'm going to be running out of time. Yep, yep. Oh, Lord, somebody said, yeah, hallelujah. Objective number seven, to be able to assure a convert of their secure salvation and both motivate and lead them through the initial steps of follow-up and discipleship. Praise the Lord. Go to the next one. Somebody say, yeah. So our overall focus is love goals. Say love goals. Is interwoven through the next step ministries of evangelistic outreach because you can't just do outreach without membership, without you know, you know, taking them through that entire process. Where am I at? Okay, oh, this is a good part. I work real hard on this, I'm about to read this. Okay, so. By utilizing five essential and interconnected building blocks, these blocks are connected ministries, are major components in reaching the community with the gospel, securing and connecting between the community and the church, supporting your church primary visions. Listen, leader, this is all your vision should be. All y'all who have visions, just throw them out. This is what it should be. To exalt the Savior, equip the saints, and evangelize the lost. Well, y'all can make it a subvision. Don't throw yourself out. Not all your stuff. Okay, go on to the next one. Skip that one because I'm running out of time. Praise the Lord. Okay, so love goes. Because I love to go to conferences and then go back and try what they say and see if it worked, I, I, I put it out for you. And I have it on a, a, a sheet that uh, Sister Johanna is going to pass out to you, a step-by-step sheet on what you can do. But love goes the first 90 days of membership. If we're going to catch the people, if we're going to go out and knock on the doors, if we're going to uh, 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 scope out blocks, amen, if we're going to minister to the women uh, uh, at the Circle K, amen, if, hey, uh, you know, I'm about ready to go down to one of these uh, strip bars and, uh, who going to do it? Who going to do it? No, for real. No. I say, you know, we laugh. But I'm just, I have people who do that. Nobody's ministering to them, Pastor Sweet. They shame to come to church. Girl, I pull up a food wagon down there. Love goes first 90 days of membership. The first 30 days is you're going to deal with the altar. You're going to deal with the stinky stuff. You're going to get them baptized. Amen? Amen. Come on. Oh, I have my paper right here so I wouldn't have to turn around like that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, I got excited. Okay, so um, 
deal with the stinky stuff at the altar. Bab get them baptized. Hook them up with somebody in the church. Now, don't, don't hook them up with those mean people. Don't hook them. Don't do it. Yeah, those messy. Those, oh, it ain't, it ain't Sunday morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Get them in class right away. A lot of them won't, what I found, brother, is a lot of them won't stay in class. But if you go to class with them, you've been in Sunday school 40 years. Why you, well, you can't miss one class of Sunday school to go sit with a new member? They were like, all right. It works. Introduction to ministry. Get them working. You know back in the day, girl, oh, we're going to watch them. We're going to watch them. And watch them, let them just sit there, sit there. Let them sit there a week if you want to. Let them wash the dishes. Come on. Let them, let them make some copies in the office. Right away, you up and uh uh. Bring them in. Second 30 days, membership class and follow up with membership selection. I need a, I need a, a, um, a summary, I need a report on how they're doing. Because I'm, I'm, I, want, I want to keep them. I want them to stay at the church. So how are they doing? What have they shown interest in? What do you think they'll be good in? They can't sing. So let's put them on the dough. Hallelujah. Third 30 days, disciple makers. Now you, now you want them. You, you empowering them. We going out. We going out. We going to pass out some flyers. Remember how I got you? We going to go out and do the same thing. Come on, give God some praise. We going to go out and do the same thing. I'm, 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 we're, we're recreating. Amen. We're getting some help. And then members class and then evangelism training will start that. So who is my neighbor? Come on, y'all get that scripture. Luke 10, 20. Come on now, I got to go. Because Bishop already said it once. Luke 10, verses 25 to 37. I need for y'all to read that story because you need to know who your neighbor is. A lot of y'all don't know who your neighbor is. Y'all think it, it may not be the person next door. It may be the one across the street. Holla at me, Miles family. Because my neighbor's across the street. I love them. But it was the other ones that I was supposed to go catch and keep. All right. All right. So love goes. Keep going. Come on. So y'all see everything. Back that up a little bit. Let them check my phone out. And then we're going to go. Bishop, I mean, I'm almost done. Back it up. Back it up. All right. Y'all see it? So this is, that's who your neighbor is. We're going to work. What you do on Facebook? Every time I see my kids, they follow. Your phone in your hand 24-7. You can't send one love note out to that new member. I'm so glad you're here. That's a whole touch. Ooh, that church was thinking about me. Got the internet, got the World Wide Web, got Twitter or Twitter, whoever that is. Facebook, and you know that's an old, that's one of those government phones. Y'all don't know nothing about that person. Come on, let's go. We got to go. All right, we'll go to that on your paper that I'm going to give you. Love goes. So our destination, when you're going somewhere, have a purpose. 
I don't do nothing for purpose. I don't talk to you on the phone without purpose. I don't, don't call me without no purpose. I just don't have time for that. That's important for y'all to do that too because we have so, do you know my, my whole family ain't saved. It's yours. Destination, destination, strong laborers and souls saved. Come on, next one. Oh, that's it. Thank you for your willingness to outreach and evangelize all. Say all. all. Say love goes. love goes. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when nobody can work. God bless you. Come on, as he comes, amen. Amen. Testing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Tap your neighbor, say, wake up. Come on, push somebody, say, wake up. Hallelujah. I want to first say thank you to Bishop and Pastor Rhonda for allowing me to be here. Thank you so much for inviting us and to all the pastors and bishops and elders and leaders and all of y'all, God bless y'all. Thank y'all for coming. Um, I wanna say thank you to my wife. Can y'all give her a hand clap? Some of y'all don't know I wouldn't be here without her, so can you just clap a little bit better? <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say all about leadership. I don't know if you understand. There, there was something that happened um, while Apostle Works was uh, beginning to speak. Um, there was a camera stand over here, and one of the ushers tripped over the camera stand, and the camera stand went right behind Pastor Rhonda. And as soon as it happened, I began to pray. Because when something like that happens, we might think, oh, it's just an accident. But it is really uh, the first sign of an attack on Bishop Sweet. So I instantly begin to pray for Pastor Rhonda and Bishop right then. If you're a leader, your eyes have to be open. You have to understand that his wife is the most important part of his ministry. She labors for him more than anybody else. She serves him more than anybody else. She receives from him more than anybody else. And so if we see something, any kind of attack on her, we know that the enemy is after him. So then we have to begin to cover them both. 
I don't know if y'all understand what I'm saying. I don't know if they understand what I'm saying. Uh, uh, Satan in, uh, in, in the garden, he didn't go to Adam. He went to Eve. He wanted to attack Eve. Because he knows if he can get to Eve, he can get to Adam's heart. And we know that David was a man after God's own heart, right? And we know that God judges the hearts of men, right? Are y'all with me? And so if he can get to his heart, then he can affect everything that goes on from that point. Do y'all understand that? So we have to understand that God has given him a wife to help him. And so when the enemy attacks his wife, he attacks his heart. Yeah. Let me say it one more time. The, in, the God has given him a wife to help him. So when the enemy attacks his wife, he attacks his heart. One more time, one more time, one more time. God has given him a wife to help him. She's his helper. So when he comes for his wife, he comes for his his help. His help. He's going for the heart, yes. But the only way to get to the heart is to get to the help. So when he comes for the wife, he comes for his help. Um, let me say this. Anytime that I've been in the hospital, not one of my members has showed up. Most times because they haven't been privy to me even getting there. But the one person the one person who sits in that hospital room with me is my help. She's the one who sits there and listens to all the doctor says that can't be done for me. She's the one who prays through what the doctor said God can't do. She's the one who ministers to me when I'm hungry. She's the one who ministers to me when the church folks don't understand what's going on. She sees me when I cry. She sees me when I'm up. She sees me when I'm down. She sees me when I'm good. She sees me when I'm discouraged. So if the enemy is wants to get me, all he has to do is just mess with my... She just, he just got to get my help real good. And so that's why first ladies are oftentimes the ones who go through the most of a battle in ministries. Because if he can get our help, then he can affect the whole shebang. He can affect the whole vision. He can, because I'll be thrown off if you start messing with my family. I don't know what kind of men we got in the house of God, but you start messing with my family... And all my vision, all that Holy Ghost, da 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 da. You better pray that the Holy Ghost grab me before I grab you. Yeah. 
so as a leader, we have to understand that there is an ongoing, there is an ongoing warfare. Somebody say ongoing warfare. Let me help you. Even these mics ringing while we're ministering, while they're singing, while this is warfare. I want to help you understand. There's so much going on in this place because the enemy does not want the vision of God to be fulfilled. I want to help you. You might not understand. I, I, this is not even on my uh, uh, bishop. Amen. You might not understand, but I know a lot of us have been uh, taught. He talked about apologetics. I just cannot touch it just for a second. Pastor Sweet, you, you, <laughs> that's my brother right there. I, I already feel like I'm a son, so you, is this my brother? Uh, 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 Habakkuk, right? Habakkuk, right? Let's talk about Habakkuk. Habakkuk, uh, 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 when, he, when the scripture says write the vision and make it plain, um, Habakkuk didn't come up with a formula. He didn't come up with a formula. I know that we've been taught about vision and we've been trained on how to write out our vision. But Habakkuk didn't write out his vision. Habakkuk he wrote out God's word. Yeah, God has spoke to Habakkuk because he was praying. And because he was crying out against the children of Israel. Oh, man. You know you're in trouble when your leader starts to cry out. And so God said, this is what's going to happen. Because I've heard your cry, and I, I, I want you to understand that I'm not just going to sit by. Rebecca was like, God, you're not doing what I think you should be doing. I wasn't expecting you to give the victory to somebody else. I thought you was going to turn it around and give it to us, but you're about to send us into captivity. Uh, uh, uh. And so God said, son, don't worry what I need you to do is I need you to write the vision. And the vision was the prophecy of God. Do you understand? It was what God told Habakkuk would happen for sure. Mm -hmm. So when you have a man, and, and this man, I'm just trying to, I'm, okay. Uh, so, uh, uh, um, where there is no vision, the people perish. It should take a whole new meaning. It should really say in our language where there is no prophecy of God, the people perish. So what this is, somebody say casting the net. He didn't come up with this himself, y'all understand. He didn't just, just uh, one day, oh, I'm just going to cast the nets now. No, 
he had spent time in prayer and he took some issues to God. I want to help you. Uh, he took some problems to God and he said, God, what are we going to do about this? Because I see that there's an issue. And maybe it was while he was driving or maybe it was while he was sitting at the dinner table with Pastor Rhonda. Maybe it was uh, or while she was rubbing his back or she was cooking dinner for him and he was sitting down waiting to be served. Or maybe it was while he was in the shower or maybe it was he was getting ready to use the restroom because most of us men of God spend a lot of time in the, I don't know. But wherever it was, God dropped something in him that would revolutionize all of our lives and help us to go from this level to the next level. So you're not here because of a good uh, idea. You're here because of a prophecy that God gave to a man of God who was obedient enough to write it down. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, now I can breathe easy a little. I can take it easy. So uh, when you see a man of God and you see his wife, you have to know that you have to honor her and you have to cover her. I should get more amens than that, but it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Um, the first thing about leadership is the most important thing is you have to catch the spirit of your leader. Somebody say, I have to catch the spirit of my leader. Let me say this. The second most important thing about leadership is everywhere you go, have some way or every time that you meet or you're coming into the presence of your bishop or your leader, whoever that is, maybe you're a part of a team, you should always have some way to capture what God is speaking through them. Um, tell your neighbor, say, a short pencil is better than a long memory. Yeah. A short pencil is better than a long memory. You should be ready to capture whatever God is saying through your leader. Why, why, why? Because your next level is in his belly. Your, your next breakthrough is in his belly. Your next miracle is in his belly. And though he may be speaking collectively, Holy Spirit has a way of ministering individually while we're all in the same room receiving the same word. He knows how to take this word and minister to you. He knows how to take this word and minister to you. He knows exactly how to minister to your situation. So you have to be ready to receive. Somebody say, I receive it. Yeah. 
You have to be ready to receive. So number one, follow the vision. What is the cry of the anointing of the house? What is the cry of the anointing of the house? If you come into the house and if you spend any amount of time here, if you spend any amount of time talking to Bishop here at Higher Heights, here in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, if you spend any amount of time, you will start to hear the cry of the house because it's always in his mouth. If you spend any time with Pastor Rhonda, you will see and you will begin to hear the cry of the house. And the cry of the house should be in every one of the leader of the house's mouth. We should be regurgitating the same cry. We should be regurgitating the same message. We should be all on the same mind, speaking the same thing in one accord. Somebody say one accord. Somebody say, I must catch the spirit of my leader. Follow the vision. What is the cry of the anointing of the house? When that cry becomes yours, the anointing that is on the man of God now can be delegated to you. Mm -hmm. The authority that's on the man of God, now he can delegate authority to you. Because you have, you have grabbed his heart, you have grabbed his spirit. How can you serve in the house and you don't know what the house needs? You don't know where the house is going. And so then you get to the place where there is division in the house because it's the vision of God and then there's your vision. And your vision is always going to clash with the vision of God. Somebody say, my vision will always clash with the vision of God. You don't believe me. When the prophet was surrounded by armies, he surrounded him and his servant. The servant was with him. But the servant's vision was jaded. It was jaded because it was his. The prophet had God's vision. And he already had word from God. He had his trust in God. His whole everything was in God. He was doing what God had called him to do. I uh, know you might say, well, that's a prophet, and this is a bishop or a pastor, or this is my leader. Let me help you. Um, um, whether you know it or not, he can operate in whatever office he needs to. Otherwise, he wouldn't be fit to lead. 
So at times you'll hear an apostle, at times you'll hear a prophet, at times you'll hear a teacher, at times you'll hear an evangelist, and at times you'll hear a pastor because he's under the auspices of the Holy Spirit. And God has withheld no part of him from him because he has the earnest of his spirit. So when he needs to be a prophet, he can prophesy. And when he needs to be an evangelist, he can evangelize. And when he needs to be a teacher, he can teach. And when he needs to be a pastor, he can pastor you. And when he needs to be an apostle, he can set order in the house. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So when you catch the vision, you're able to tap into the anointing that flows on his life. When you catch the vision of Pastor Rhonda saying, hey, this is the, the direction that we're going, and she's not saying what she feels. She's not saying what she thinks. Trust me, my wife knows that she is, she is the most easiest one to correct in my life. It's e I guess y'all don't understand what I'm saying. It's easier for me to tell my wife how I truly feel than it is for me to tell anybody. So if my wife doesn't carry out something, it's easy for me to be, honey, that's not what I wanted. It's not that easy to do that to y'all. So my wife is more cautious than any of y'all, right? And she's going to make sure that she's paying attention and meticulous to my heart's desire. And her desire shall be for her husband. Right? So when she comes, she's already, she's already captured my heart. We didn't spend time arguing about it already. We didn't already deliberate on what really ain't going to work and how far-fetched my idea was. And how I'm going a little bit extreme on the same. Y'all don't understand. We didn't already deliberate all of this stuff. And she's got a clear understanding of my heart and she knows and we've talked about it. So now she's coming to deliver a message of what my heart is. And now if some people just have a problem with receiving the heart of the pastor through the pastor. I'm sorry. I'm messing with folks. Okay. Uh, pastor, what do you mean? I know my wife might not have the title of a pastor, but she labors with me, and she prays for y'all, and she, and she ministers to y'all, whether y'all know it or not. And right when I'm ready to give up on you, she say, uh-uh, honey, no, no, no. So whether she has the title of pastor or not, she is... Because she has my heart 
and she has delegated authority now. And, and, and Jesus said, let me just get on it. And Jesus said, if they don't receive you, then they don't receive me. And if they don't receive me, then they don't receive the one who sent me. Do you understand that Jesus, oh man, I, he gave you some delegated authority. He, he, uh, he authorized you to do something that you were not able to do in and of yourself. And, and now you're coming in the name of Christ Jesus with the message. And if they don't receive you. Then they don't receive me. And if they don't receive me, then they don't receive the one that sent me. Uh, if they don't receive my wife, then they don't receive me. And if they don't receive me, they don't receive the one who sent me. You understand? <laughs> if they don't receive my wife, then they don't receive me. And if they don't receive me, they don't receive the one who sent me. Yeah. We can give God a hand praise on that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2 verse 40. Acts chapter 2 verse 40. Acts chapter 2 verse 40. And with many other words did he testify and exhort saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. 41. Then they that, then they that gladly received his word were baptized and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Okay. Somebody say, when I catch it, it drives me to aligned action. When you catch the heart of your leader, it drives you to do something, but not just do anything. Because a lot of people feel like because they're doing something that they're good. But God didn't just call you to do something. God called us to a specific work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he said when they came for him because he was, he didn't follow the crowd and he was 12 years old and his parents came and he said, didn't you know where I would be? He said, it's time to be about my, see, there's work out there. And there's many people who own businesses. But as a leader, when you're called to lead, you now have to know what the priority business is. 
And the priority business is our father's business. It's the same business that Jesus was working in. We are all a part of the family business. And if you don't understand that, then you'll misappropriate your energy. Tell your neighbor, say, don't misappropriate your energy. Your life doesn't belong to you anymore. Your life, somebody say that to somebody next to you. Say, your life don't belong to you anymore. Yeah, it's been bought. Yeah, it's been bought. And so since it's been bought, you don't just get to do what you want to do. You have to prioritize the kingdom of God. No, pastor, I have to prioritize my business. Well, that's not what Matthew 6 and 33 says. Matthew 6 and 33 says, seek ye first the Oh, you see. Yeah, the kingdom of God. Yeah, and his righteousness. And then everything else will be added unto you. Uh, tell your neighbor, say, if you want to enter into all things... You got to tap into the kingdom first. Uh, I could tell you about this place called all things, but you know, th this place called all things, they say all things work together for the good uh -huh, uh -huh, of them who, who love the Lord and are called according to their purpose this place called all things you know everybody don't get to get there because you got to be about his purpose uh, somebody say this is all about leaders yeah yeah so when you catch the heart of your leader when you catch the spirit of your leader it causes you to act in alignment with the vision with the heart you can't effectively serve out of alignment you might want to be out of alignment but you can't effectively serve somebody say effectively come on somebody say effectively it's not enough of us saying effectively here you can't effectively serve out of alignment. That's what Apostle was saying. She's saying, how can you come and throw towels on the person that you're trying to win by offending them? How can you win all the work you did to get them here just to offend them? That's what she's saying. She's saying, how can you be out of alignment with God's heart? All of the work that it took to love them into the house of God just for you as a leader to be out of alignment to thwart all of the work that we did out there in the street. 
because you have not uh, grabbed the heart of your leader. If it wasn't the heart of your leader for them to be here, then uh, 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 I would not have been out there evangelizing. But he sent us out and we did the work. Now it, there has to be aligned leaders in the house. Somebody say get into alignment. Get into alignment. Okay. All right. Okay. Verse 42. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. Where am I at, honey? On time. Huh? All right. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And in breaking of bread and in prayers. Uh -huh. And fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Uh-huh. Somebody say aligned action leads to fruit. And fruit equals momentum. Mm-hmm. Aligned actions lead to fruit. And fruit equals momentum. The biggest issue with our churches nowadays is that we don't have momentum. We keep building up momentum only to, for that momentum to be torn down by out-of-aligned leaders. So we're running and running and we finally got everybody on the same page and then we get one nut out of the bunch that can't get right. And that, and that devilish spirit starts spreading throughout all of the leaders. Because one person didn't want to do what they were assigned to do. Because they felt like they know their call better than their leader. You came in thinking you knew what God wanted you to do and that you weren't going to serve anywhere else except God put you in that place or set the leader put you in that place so now that you're not in that place you decided that you're going to be a soursap and that you are going to uh, bring a, a, a downtrodden spirit into the house of God and into the leadership team and so now discouragement is breeding like poison from one nut bishop who didn't have sense enough to know that God had already graduated you from the last position that you thought you were so perfect in and he brought you to this place to be extended and elevated and stretched and groomed. Somebody say, I'm here, I'm here. 
to be groomed for more. I'm here to be groomed for more and I can't come into the house dictating what the leader should tell me to do. What? I cannot come into the house dictating what he's supposed to tell me what I'm supposed to do because I gave the most tithe, so I think, once a month. And I now I get to tell the pastor what he's able to teach and preach on and how he's able to conduct the services and the leadership meetings. And now I get to tell the, the pastor's wife how she ought to talk to me. And I'm all out of order in the house of God. And, and, and I'm out of order thinking that God backs my out of orderness. I'm thinking that God is supporting me being out of alignment. But really what I'm getting ready to do is give my increase to somebody else. All right. Align actions lead to fruit. When we all can get on the same page, we're supposed to produce the same fruit. Yeah, yeah. If you're connected to the true vine, then you should produce fruit. And your fruit should remain. Amen. So when I connect to the heart of the bishop or the heart of my leader, then I'm able to produce fruit that God told him we're supposed to produce in this season. And so oftentimes leadership is not about the right now, what's in front of you. It's about the season and the one that you're getting ready to go into. So you can't be disgruntled about working in this season because without work, there will be no harvest. But if you think that you can come into the house only in the season of harvest, you're mistaken. Hallelujah. Except you suffer with me, you can't reign with me. And oftentimes you would be disgruntled if you had an employee in your business who only came to work on payday. What kind of employee only comes to work on payday? That's the employee who doesn't get paid. So what type of leader only shows up to first Sundays when they go honor the people who served? What type of leader only shows up when you, you made the gift basket and you're going to get accolades? What, what kind of leader only shows up when we're going to say something about the decorations that you did? What kind of leader only shows up on payday? Somebody say this is all about leadership. Tell your neighbor, say, we need momentum. We need momentum. 
Do you know that one pebble on a, on, on a track that is in front of a locomotive can stop the train from going if it is at a standstill? The train will not be able to go. But if the train is already got momentum, there's not a force that can stop it. Let me say it one more time. I can put a pebble on the track and stop the train if it's not moving. But once the train gets momentum, I can put a brick wall in front of it and the brick wall will not be able to stop it. Yeah. So if we can get on the same page as leadership, then if we can get on the same page as leadership, then we will have momentum to knock down the walls of the enemy. All about leadership. Hallelujah. All about leadership. All about leadership. All about leadership. My wife said I have five more minutes. So I want you to do something. This is just, I have a whole bunch more, but I just, you know, y'all took a little while to wake up. <laughs> they did, Pastor. I seen them sleeping on you. I, when you came up here, Pastor, I scooted to the edge of my chair because you was, you was talking in the first five seconds. I scooted to the edge of my seat. I was like, all right, now she preaching already. I looked at my wife and I said, okay, good. She's taking notes. I said, okay. We was about to fight over the handout. I'm going to tell you about that. They handed us two, but I came and my sister was sitting next to us. And so I, and my wife, I gave her the one that they gave me first. And I took the next one. And then my wife going to set her page next. So my sister can have it. And she said, but we can share yours. I, did, I just gave you one. About the fight over the material. Apostle, they don't know how much wealth you gave them. They don't understand. They don't understand. Uh, sometimes it's hard as a leader to understand uh, the problems of a pastor. Come on, sir. Come on, sir. Oh, man, I just, I don't have enough time, Bishop. Uh, uh, uh. Sometimes it's hard as a leader to understand pastor, pastoral dilemmas. So when you hear answers to dilemmas as a pastor, you get excited. Because God is answering prayers. You understand, she didn't come with just some material. She came with answered prayers. I know, I know, y'all don't understand, y'all don't understand. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Somebody say cast the net. Y'all <laughs> All right, praise the Lord. All right. So, uh I just need you to do this for I only got a few minutes left. So, I'm going to do something some somebody say Pastor Jeremy is unorthodox. I am truly unorthodox. I'm, I, I will define the word for you. Just go and look up unorthodox and you'll see my face right there. Oh, yeah. 
So this is what I need you to do. You're sitting next to someone. Everybody ever played the game uh, Thumb War? One, two, three, four, I declare Thumb War. I want you to just do that real quick with somebody next to you. Just real quick. Play one, two, three, four, I declare Thumb War. One, two, three, four, I declare Thumb War. There's some sanitizer here so you can get sanitizer. Stop being scared. We're supposed to be believers in Jesus. You better shake your neighbor hand. One, two, three, four, I declare Thumb War. But for real play now, for real play, don't, don't clown around. Just play now. Just for Come on now. Now, if I told you all the winners is about to get $100, y'all be trying to kill your neighbor. One, two, three, four, I declare thumb more. All right. I see some champions. Raise your hand if you won. All right. All right. All right. All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen. In my book that I'm working on, I have something that's called the thumb war mentality. Yeah. The thumb war mentality is all about leaders who will secretly come join hands with you inwardly join hands with you as if they're in agreement but the ultimate motive is to get you under their thumb Leaders that will join hands with the pastor. I'm in unity. I'm with you, pastor. Only to try to control what he does. Wives that will come into agreement with their husband. Ooh, I'm, I'm getting in trouble. <laughs> I'm with you, babe. Only to put him under her thumb. Husbands that will come into agreement with the wife, with the woman who's on track with the Lord. I'm in agreement with you. Yeah, you can do ministry when we get married. Only to put her under his thumb. Elders who will come into agreement with the pastor. Only for control. Only for control. If you're going to be a leader in the house of God, the most important thing 
is to have a pure heart for God and his people. If you don't have a pure heart, you should not serve. If you're a leader who's wounded, if you're a leader who's wounded, you need to be healed. And any leader who is so prideful that they can't say when they're hurting is a leader that cannot be trusted because they think that their role comes before their heart. They think that their office comes before their heart. And I have to do care on my heart constantly in order just to pastor and just to preach. As a matter of fact, today, just today, just today, I was sitting and I was working on my heart. And I was telling God, God, I'm so sorry. So when they started singing the song, A Second Chance, you understand, there is a reason why God is saying the things that he's saying and he's picking the songs that he's picking and he's picking the topics that he's picking and he's picking the teachers that he's picking and there's a reason why there's a reason why you were conducting and facilitating the service and while I'm speaking on leadership and while she spoke why she spoke on evangelism and outreach there's a reason why he spoke on apologetics there's a reason why he's Bishop Sweet and she's Pastor Run. there is a reason why and in order for us to be effective, we have to check our hearts continually, continually, daily, moment by moment. I'll leave you with this because my wife is going to beat me if I don't hurry up. Hallelujah. The scripture says to guard your heart. I, let me help you. I, you know, I say this. I labor for this stuff. I want you to know that. So don't say it unless you're ready to labor for it. Okay. Because uh, we like to regurgitate things that we hear but we don't want to labor for them. And so then we become hypocrites because we learned how to talk but not walk. That's all about leaders. Okay. So it says, guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. Okay. Say it one more time. Guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. Mm -hmm. So he says, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. I'm just going to move a few things around just real quick. Is it okay? Is it okay, Bishop? I'm, I'm 
I promise I'm almost done. How many times do a preacher get to close? <laughs> he said, I get five closes. I'll five your neighbor. <laughs> All right. So, Sister Storm, come here. Y'all, this is my sister. Can y'all give her a hand clap? This is a symbolization of my heart, the inside of my heart. I'm just giving you a visual. She represents my issues. You're not really my issues, but I love you. Because y'all don't know, big sisters will slap you in love. She represents my issues. Here's what the scripture says. Guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. It don't say fall asleep on your heart. Guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. Why do I have to guard my heart? Because if the issues get out, then it will affect everyone else. It'll start to affect how I worship. And it'll start to affect how I serve. And I'm a living witness and I will testify against myself so that the devil don't have to accuse me. Mm -hmm. I have some issues. And if they're not guarded, they will affect how I can receive and how I can serve you. It'll affect how I hear. And the scripture says, be careful how you hear. I just want to help you. I just want to help you. So if you're not careful, you'll find yourself in a place of pride because your issues then got out. I just want to help you. And when your issues get out, it's hard to get them back in. It's, it's hard to get them back in check. You know, once you get frustrated with your brother or your sister, you understand that it's hard to put your emotions back in check because you'll talk to so-and-so about it and you will spread a spirit and you'll be talking about your apostle or your bishop or your preacher or your, your you, you understand what I'm saying, right? Out of my heart flow the issues. And so God say protect the people 
that I put you around to safeguard you and to lead you and to undergird you and to cover you, protect the people that I sent you to serve from your issues in your heart. From your issues. He said, guard your heart. Get back in there. Uh-uh. That's where you belong. Because if I don't keep you in check, how am I going to let you get healed? I'm guarding you so you don't get away from healing. You want to come out to stop me from operating at my highest capacity. So you want to hinder what God has called me to do. And so that's why when the pastor said, hey, I need you to get up. I know he didn't just tell me. You didn't let your issue out. Because you got an authority problem. And now it's coming out on your pastor and it's going to put you in trouble with God because you're now walking in disobedience. So you can go if you got to go. Yeah, you good. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> out of my heart flow the issues. So as a leader, I have to guard my heart and I have to constantly take my heart to the Lord uh huh as a pastor as a leader leaders are some of the most hurt people in the church pastors are some of the most hurt in the church and we are the most uh, toxic. Y'all don't want to be real. If you be honest, you need healing right now. That's why the apostle came and said, Bishop, we going to need healing. I don't know if you heard her. Do you understand? She was setting a precedence before he even comes to be able to help us to receive what he, what God wants to impart in us. And that don't mean that Bishop about to lay hands on every one of y'all. But maybe it's just a one word. Oh my goodness, I want to help you. All right, I just, all right. So... But she was letting us know that healing is in the house. And she was also letting us know that it rests in him. And then we seen the attack. And if you're not paying attention, you'll miss all that God has for you. Because you didn't learn how to guard your heart. You got caught up in uh, what the neighbor next to you smells like or what they got on or how much they talking. Or... Right? 
Okay, you can go sit in. Can y'all give her a hand clap? So, I say this to help you because I think I'm putting it right. Um, because it's not easy to lead in the house of God with a kingdom-minded leader. Now, if he was religious, you could get through all day long. If he was about religion, if he was just about church, you, you wouldn't have to worry about hitting the streets and there wouldn't be no apostle works coming up and preaching and teaching. But because he's about kingdom, and obviously your leaders are about kingdom because you're here. So, your salvation and your relationship with God is a walk with God before it's a walk for God. Is a walk with God before it's a walk for God. And that is what casting the net is all about. It's about allowing your walk with God to become a walk for God. Do you understand? That's what he's telling us. He's saying it's time now to begin to do the work that God has called us to do. So, let me just, I don't know, I'm not a great closer. I don't know how to shut up, but I guess. I don't know how to close it out, Apostle. I, you, Bishop, you gotta, I gotta, I'm here to learn that close. You gonna, I, I, Bishop. So, Pastor Ron, I love y'all so much for being so patient. So let's become the leaders that God is calling for in this season. Can we do that? Can we do that? Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, put your hands together and give God praise. What amazing speakers we've had. Simply amazing. Started out with a Zoom. Then we had apostle, pastor, psalmist, praise, worship. Lead us in. After we found out what we believed, then we began to sing. Then we hit the streets. And now we got to know about being leaders. I was sitting there in such amazement is because all of the presenters, except Pastor Dennis, 
is local. Is local. Didn't have to send off for nobody. They're right around the corner. They're right here. The Lord placed on me and let me know. He says, you know, you kept the registration low so that people would come. And I didn't reinvent the wheel. I went to Phoenix First Assembly and for years, and they give you a package deal, as many members as you can bring in for one price. I said, I'm going to do the same thing. It works. And I just love the way each one of them could have took a night and still wouldn't have cracked the surface of what's in their heart. So today I want you to help me with an expense offering. None of them charged for me to come, for them to come. None of them. They're a part of our Kingdom LifeNet connection. This is what we got in the house. Oh, I wish I had a few more people in here. And 98% of you didn't know what was in her. When she walked up there, y'all was looking at some little old timid something, but she'll throw down on Broadway. And I appreciate her husband so just sitting there just as calm. And I love that God deals with us in individuals, but he doesn't deal with gender. He's her help. Everything that they point, y'all done got quiet over me. He's her help. Brother Reggie done had to leave, but he's her help. Today, I want you to, you're going to get an offering, whatever you get. We're going to appreciate it. We're just going to take care of all the expenses. But I'm stuck on something, and y'all say, he's stuck. Life is but a box of chocolates. And when I was sitting there, I went almost to the end of the movie. And as much as Jenny loved Forrest, she had some back issues that she could not destroy herself. She went to an old house where she was abused, where she was beat up. The reason why she did things in her life is because of a house. She was so angry at that house that she picked up rocks and started throwing them at the house. Forrest saw her and he says that problem is too big for her by herself. So he hired a tractor. Ain't nobody gonna help me here. To go and to destroy what she couldn't destroy. Oh God, I wish I had about three people to understand that God destroyed some things in your life that you threw pebbles at, that you threw rocks at, but some way through the Holy Ghost, he said, I, when you get through throwing it, 
I'm going to handle the situation. Force didn't say, can I tear it down? Force didn't say, let me destroy it. But what he done is got a tractor that knocked it all down so that she could get a fresh start. He said, if you would like to start and build another house on the issues that you used to have, I'm cleaning the way. Life is but a box of chocolates. Today I want you to pick up your last rock. Cry your last tear. It's because God is destroying the thing that you can't destroy. It has haunted you down through the years. But today is a new beginning. Today I want you to just get your best offering in your hand. Whatever it is. Get your, just get it and stand on your feet. Rest on your feet. I know you've paid registration. Churches have paid the $200. We just wanted to know who was coming. I even looked at it on today. And my wife, my pastor, my friend, my pal, my boo. She looked at me. She said, next year we got to get another location. She said, this is going to be too little. My son, my son, my son prophesied and said, next year we're going to get a bigger place. So you know what? I just stepped into the mind of, of Apostle Works. I said, you know what? Let's get a hotel and let's go head on and get the conference rooms. Wouldn't it be nice that when this was over, we would just walk down the aisle to our room? Oh, y'all that got quiet and get relaxed and we'd be ready for breakfast and stuff in the morning. So we got to learn how to do what to catch on to what God is doing. And so we appreciate the, the nets and the things that are going on that God is catching. So I want you right now, God, our Father, we thank you and we praise you. We give you the glory because you've been good to us. So God, such as we have, we come now to give back to you just a portion of it to let you know that we receive the words that came in person and on the screen. We receive it. I believe, I believe, I believe it at, at Community Center. Yes, yes. They say, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. So we receive it on today. And God, right now, we're going to give a token to just tell you thank you because you've been good to us. And God's people said amen and amen. So I know we're just going to go. I'm going to ask you to do something for me. I want you, if you can, pass your offering to the center aisle. Everybody just pass whatever you're going to just pass it to the center aisle, to the center aisle, to the hold up right there. Hold on, hold on. Square and Cash app, they're coming right up. They're going to put it on the screen. All right, they're going to put it. It's going, just going to higher heights. My helper is helping me over here. He's going to pass it, then he's going to walk down the center aisle. I hope y'all watch your money the whole time that you passed it. That's it. Watch Watch it. Watch it. Watch it in the basket. Watch, watch it. And if you have to give by square, she's standing up here. You can just come. Just, just, just whatever. I'm prophesying that God is going to make me a $1,000 giver. I'm going to be a $1,000 giver. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. Without homes, living out in the street, and the drug habits some say they just can't be. We're gonna leave in just a few moments. We have some announcements that needs to be made. 
everyone. How's everyone giving? Deacon Scott, can you bless the offering? Father God, we thank you right now for this offering. Bless those. Return it to them 100-fold. Lord, let it be a blessing for your kingdom. Cast in the net. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Really quick, just have your seat. Quick announcements and we'll get you out of here. Really quick. Did y'all enjoy yourself on tonight? Come on, did you enjoy yourself on tonight? Really quick. Bring it down just a little bit, musicians. Listen, I'm asking, we're asking for each pastor, each pastor, listen, I need everyone to hear this. Each pastor, please, if you could send a representative from your church to go to the back room. In the back, we have the t-shirts available. Amen. For all the pastors who purchase t-shirts for their congregation. Amen. Amen. So please, pastors, get someone after service, a representative to go to the back room. Amen. We're asking everyone that ordered t-shirts to please wear your t-shirt on tomorrow. Amen. Come on, wear it on tomorrow. Amen. Now listen, also tomorrow at 8 a.m. Somebody say 8 a.m. Come on, we're going to have breakfast. Amen. Now, now, if you get here at 9 o'clock, you probably going to miss it. Because we want to start on time tomorrow. Because we don't know. If we had church like that today, we don't know what's going to happen on tomorrow. Amen. So come on. Let's get here at 8 a.m. Amen. For breakfast. So tomorrow will be day two on tomorrow. Amen. We have a lot of classes going on tomorrow. On tomorrow, we have a class that's going to be taught by myself. It's going to be closing the back door. How to keep people engaged in the church. Amen. And then we also have Pastor Fletcher. He's going to be um, teaching on virtual prayer ministry. How many of y'all know we need prayer? Amen. Amen. We have Pastor Davis is going to be teaching on mental health awareness in the church. How many of y'all know that's important? Amen. Amen. Now, depending on how y'all act, we go feed y'all. We go have lunch. Amen. So I pray that y'all like bologna sandwiches. No, I'm just playing. I'm I'm playing. I'm playing. Amen. 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 And then right after that, we have a class um, um, from um, two young ladies from uh, Sacramento, from Higher Heights Community Church. Amen. They're going to be teaching. uh, Oh, I'm sorry. They're going to be teaching on how to market your church. Amen. How to market your church. And then the last class will be by our own Bishop Sweet and Pastor Sweet. They're going to be teaching on supporting the pastor's vision. Amen. And not only that, not only that, Pastor Sweet, she has a book out that's called Experts from the Preacher's Cookbook, Ingredients for Ministry Effectiveness. Amen. So you're going to hear some things on the book. And are you selling your book? Yes. Tomorrow? Okay. All right. How many of y'all have her book? Raise your hand. Just a few people. I'm telling y'all, it's going to bless your life. Amen. So tomorrow, y'all bring some extra change so, so they support Pastor Sweet. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Bishop is asking for all the fellowship pastors, can you please stand? Amen. So everyone can see who you are. Everyone, all the fellowship pastors, amen. Please stand, please stand, please stand. I'm waving my hands. Come on. Amen. 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 All right, Bishop said our newest 
Pastor, Pastor PD, amen. Come on. Come on, someone. An anointed woman of God. Come on. Amen. Amen. We have some other pastors that wasn't here. I know Pastor Fletcher, he was on. Amen. He was in charge of the Zoom and everything. And Dr. BJ, amen. 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 Now, listen, I whispered and told uh, Bishop Sweet. I said, listen, I know I'm in Sacramento. Uh, 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 so Mom Luan, that's my mother. She's the admin for the church. Um, I, I need to get all these folks to Sacramento. Amen. I need y'all to come to Sacramento. What'd you say? Listen, y'all. Come on. I, 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 I love it. Amen. So I need y'all to... I already told Pastor Davis uh, uh, um, what the last time I was here. See that that that's the that's the rapping preacher right there. Come on, sir. Come on. Come on. I got you to bust some rhymes in Sacramento, Amen. But listen, God is good, amen, and we had an awesome, awesome time, amen. I hope that everything that y'all got on tonight, that you can take it and you run with it, amen. Come on, this is not this is information to take back to your ministry and run with it, amen. Come on, all minds clear, all minds clear, is that it, Bishop, all minds clear? Come on, let's rest on our feet. That's it, amen. Come on, we want to see everybody tomorrow at 8 o'clock, amen? Let's come in here, let's fellowship, let's talk and laugh. Yes, I'm sorry. Come on. Yes, uh, um, Pastor Sweet wants me to say this. Can y'all give a shout out to my wife, Lady I? Now listen, before y'all do that, hold on. Well, please, listen, before y'all do that, because she helped organize all of this. All of this. Come on, all of this. The flyers that you see, putting everything together, she organized all of this. Amen. Amen. So, baby, I know you listen. I love you, and I'll be home tomorrow night. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, God, for this first day of this conference, God. God, we just thank you for every pastor that taught on tonight, God. God, every word that went forth, God, let us meditate on this word day and night, God. God, let us hold, grab hold to the vision, God, and run with it, God. God, we thank you for our leaders, God. We thank you for every pastor, every partner, everyone that is here on tonight. Now, God, we want to come back on tomorrow still with the praise, give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Now, as we leave from this place, but never from your presence. God, when we get home, let us get home safely, find everything decent and in order. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone, shout amen. Amen. God bless you. See you on tomorrow.